Hey there! Welcome to the Rambling Gals Podcast. We are your hosts, Angela and Adriana, and here you'll find pretty much everything travel-related. We took a trip a few years ago and made a fair amount of mistakes that cost us money and messed up our plans. And since then, we've worked on perfecting travel itineraries and made it a goal to get as many people as we could out into the world exploring. So here you'll find our best travel tips and tricks, interviews with other travelers and business owners, a little bit of storytelling, and a lot of tomfoolery. Thanks for listening. Hey there, and welcome to another Saturday session episode. These are our episodes where we have guests on to chat about travel and entrepreneurship and a bunch of other topics. Today, we have James and Brian from the Time Zone Travelers, and I'm so excited to have a conversation with them today. James, I met at last year's TravelCon, um, which if you had been following along when we were at TravelCon, it's a conference put on by Nomadic Matt, and it's just essentially a place for people in every aspect of the travel industry to get together. And, you know, we learned from speakers, we went to workshops and stuff like that. So it was an amazing opportunity to meet other travel blockers, bloggers like James and, you know, make real life connections with other people that you follow, you know, just online. So it was really nice to meet people face to face. So I'm going to let James and her husband, Brian, jump in here and introduce themselves and kind of give a background on what Time Zone Travelers is all about and, you know, what they do uh, in regards to that. So hop on in here, guys. All righty. Well, first of all, Angela, thank you so much for having for having us. We just feel honored even being here. Um, but um, I'm James. And I'm Brian. And we are Time Zone Travelers. And we picked that name because um, Brian works for Delta Airlines. And we have been known to go to Paris for a weekend, hop on a flight, and um, just hit different time zones literally within a couple of days travel. Um, so it fits our family very well. And uh, you have anything to add? Yeah. So since we travel up standby, so we don't know if we're always going to get on um, time zone travelers, we try to specialize, I guess, in family travel, last minute planning, um, and then making the most of the time you have while you're gone. Cause not everyone can take off two or three weeks at a time to go see some places, but we try to see as much as we can in a two to four day time frame, and uh, share that experience with our uh, our followers. Yeah, right. Yeah, and I know because just following you guys, I'm like, oh, they're off to Alaska. They're off to you know a weekend away in Tennessee, and you guys really do just kind of jump all over the place, which is amazing. And you're you're so right about that. People not having you know a week or two weeks to take off of work and not be making money during those two weeks, and I think a lot of people have that stop them from traveling at all because they're like, Oh, if we're just going to go for three or four days, you know, it's not really worth it. And so I think that's where you guys have that unique kind of space. Right. um, Which is really nice. Yeah. Yeah. We think so. So we talked about, I just talked about travel con a little bit and what this new kind of, um, you know, travel space is like, I think anyone who has delved into this newer industry, whether they're a blogger or an influencer or a travel writer or, you know, doing travel podcasting can understand that because it's a newer industry, there's a lot of things that we are all kind of figuring out together. So I know that I have certainly struggled with difficulties figuring out what we want to do and what we want to say, you know, as the rambling gals and the best way to approach that, you know, as travel bloggers 
Um, you know, I mean, there's technology, there's figuring out how to write a good blog post. There's a million things that you need to learn how to do. So what is something that you've struggled with the most in that area? So for me, I'm kind of like, I guess, when it comes to our blog, kind of the IT, I guess, department. And I think that, you know, lessons learned. I mean, I, I, mean, I was an engineer in college and stuff and did a little bit of program, but it, I, I never took like HTML or CSS or SEO classes, something like that. So it can be very overwhelming. And so I kind of, we kind of jumped into it, like just, let's just go for it. And I kind of wish I would have done maybe a little more research of as far as building the website. And so um, the SEO, you know, design and, you know, trying to get ads, all that kind of stuff and having Google find your your page can be difficult. So I think advice I'd give people is before they just say, I want to make a blog, do a little bit of research because there's techniques out there and definitely it's worth paying for a class. Um, mm -hmm. There's a bunch of bloggers out there who have SEO classes and they're, you know, 300 to 600 bucks for usually a 10 week kind of class where you can watch at your own pace. Um, but it's, that's cheaper than paying somebody and then you learn. And now you can do it yourself. That way you don't have to rely on somebody else and it's all on you. But that it's it's, it's intimidating. Kind of my role um, is trying to build an audience and trying to build it in the most authentic and real way. And that is so hard to do because it's a competitive world out there. People don't want to say, oh, it's competitive, but it is like um, it's, you know, on Instagram, the social media platforms trying to build you're following, you know, without the follow unfollow or the paying for people or, you know, throwing money at it. Like it's very, very important to me and to our family that we build our audience as authentic and real as possible. And by doing that, it is a, at a much slower pace. Mm -hmm. um, and that can become very discouraging and it's very, I don't know, it's, I'm definitely having to work on patience, <laughs> patience right. and, um, you know, just trying to figure out um, approaches to grow, to build our audience without, I feel like selling my soul. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I think you hit the nail on the head in, you have to be patient if you're not going to cut corners because it seriously is very frustrating to try to produce good content engage with people again, like you said, try to build an authentic audience and things are going great. And then you wake up the next morning and you have, you know, less followers than you started with. You're like, I don't understand what else I could be doing. Exactly. So, right. And it's, it is so easy to cut corners and people do it all the time. I mean, people buy followers and they do, you know, engagement pods and they do all kinds of stuff that if you're doing it, organically, it takes a very long time and it's hard not to get frustrated doing it that way. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. And also, Brian, I wanted to say, I totally agree with you doing research beforehand because I think a lot of people think it's a lot easier to start a blog or to start, you know, whatever they want to do in the online space. And I spent so much time trying to build a website that didn't match what I wanted it to be. And you know, going through all the things, trying to figure it out on my own. And eventually I just broke down and bought a, bought a program to teach me how to do it because it's worth it to me to spend, you know, 10 weeks learning it than to try to figure it out on my own. And it takes a year to do so. So that was really helpful for me too, is just to get a course and just have somebody teach it to me rather than waste time trying to figure it out on my own. Yeah. I mean, cause it, it, cause some of these websites and ads, you know, make it sound like it's the easy button. You know, you've yeah. magically you've got this Google indexed, Bing indexed website that is going to attract millions of people. And it's just not that simple. 
No, it's not at all. <laughs> not at all. Um, okay, so you guys specialize in family travel, and your family always seems hilarious to me. Every time you guys are on a trip, I follow along on your stories, and I just want to be an honorary member of your family um, just because you guys always look like you're having so much fun. And, you know, obviously you two are supportive of each other and you you always include your family in your posts and your stories and your writing. Um, but I think a lot of people struggle with this. I know I do at sometimes um, because I don't think being a travel blogger or a podcaster or, you know, an influencer is something that people really take very seriously at the moment. And I honestly cringe a little bit when people ask me what I do and, you know, why I do it, because I'm just kind of dreading the look on their faces and what they're going to say when I tell them because you have to explain how you make money or who you're writing to or how you're getting an audience or, you know, what do you do all day? And I always joke mm -hmm. that I'm pretty sure my family thinks I watch The Sopranos like all day long because they just, whenever I say, oh, I'm just working at home today, I don't think that they take that very seriously. So do you find that outside of your family, people don't really understand what you're doing with time zone travelers and why you do it? So far, Angela, we haven't seen that just yet. And I think part, mm -hmm. one reason why I think is Jamie's, our, our Times on Traveler page is separate from our personal page. Mm -hmm. And so we try to keep that separate. So when we talk with friends and stuff, unless they bring it, bring it up, we usually don't advertise or talk with friends or bring it up unless they ask us specifically. So we try to keep, I guess, like the business and, and personal life separate. But so far, we haven't had an issue with anybody Um saying that, but maybe as we, if, if we get to get any, get any bigger or more followers, maybe that'll come down the road. But right now. Yeah. I feel like overall, like most people we chat with who know, um, whether it be family or friends who know that we have this account, it's actually very supportive. I think they realize that we couldn't have this lifestyle if Brian didn't work for the airlines and they realize that we're just trying to make the best of it while we can. Um, and while the kids are still young enough to be at home and travel with us. So um, we've really just had a lot of support. Um, we haven't run into haters. Yeah, haters. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't run into any of that. So it's been rather pleasant, actually. Well, that's great to hear. And I, yes, I think it certainly goes well with your lifestyle because, you know, Brian, you know, flies and he works for um, an airline that maybe the misunderstanding or maybe the mis, yeah, maybe the misunderstanding is, people who are doing it and then are getting, you know, like free trips or, you know, sponsored hotel stays and stuff like that, that are not already traveling. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah right. Yeah. And, then, and so I think that might be a component of it. For sure. And we, you know, we didn't up and sell all our stuff. I mean, right. We're in a home. We're not full-time travelers. Um, I don't work. So this is a good time filler for me. Like mm -hmm. I'm able to, put the time and effort into this because I'm not working, you know, a nine to five kind of job. So it's, it started out as a hobby. Like it started out as a way for us to just kind of have like a real life trip advisor, I guess, if you will. And then it's now turned into, I think we could do something with this. So, um, right now we still just have a lot of support. Now what people say behind our backs, <laughs> <laughs> we're not worried about that but i think i think some people you know like you said can see that because i don't think people all they see is what the final product is they see mm -hmm. your podcast they see a blog they see a picture 
and they don't know how much time you spent either researching or editing or walking around trying to find the perfect picture or communicating with people. I mean, you know, for maybe one piece of product, you may have spent 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 hours. And so until you actually do it, you have no idea how much effort is going into some of these people's work that they're trying to produce to share. Absolutely. And that's the part I think people don't understand when you tell them is that they think, oh, you just put something together and you wrote this and you took a nice photo, but there's so much behind the scenes work that because it's kind of a newer industry, I don't think everybody understands it or respects it really. And so, um, you know, that's kind of what I've run into, not from everybody, certainly people there that understand, but I think a lot of other people that I've talked to also have that problem as well. Right. Right. Yeah. So what do you guys hope to accomplish with time zone travelers? So I guess our our top three priorities is the first one, we just want to like share our experiences and then stories to help maybe inspire someone to want to take a trip or travel or, or do an activity that that they saw us do that they thought would be fun. And the second was just maybe make it easier because hopefully we've gone through and shared with the Instagram and blog and stuff, how we found the, the good deal, the activity, the planning, all that stuff can hopefully make it simpler for them so they can spend less time worrying about how what they're going to do and they can just follow us along. Yeah, we're real big about trying to provide helpful hints. I mean, don't get us wrong, we like pretty pictures, but we feel like if it doesn't have a lot of substance behind it, we're not doing kind of what our intentions are. So we like to say, hey, you know, if you're going to the Coliseum in Rome, you might want to show up at eight o'clock because you'll avoid the crowds and be able to get the awesome pictures of just you by yourself in front of the Coliseum. Like we like to have those helpful mm-hmm. hints. And, and then like, you know, public trans, you know, the first time we went to Europe, you know, it can be very overwhelming when you walk into the Paris airport and you're like, well, how do I get out of the airport? You know what I mean? It, it, there are people who speak English, but there's thousands of people running around. It can be very confusing and overwhelming. Just feel lost. And then also just to make sure you feel safe that no one's going to take advantage of you or something like that. And then thirdly, I guess is, is, is a goal is just be self-sustaining. So not necessarily we're trying to make millions from this, but if we can sustain and our trips to where we're kind of just, it's kind of a quid pro quo kind of thing where it works out that works to keep our travels going, then that's an added bonus. But the first two are the main ones. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense too. And yeah, I think you guys do a good job with providing the tips because it's so true that when you visit someplace, you can read as much as you can about it. And you still arrive and you're kind of overwhelmed by things and it's hard to remember all that information. So when people can give, you know, little tips and tricks for the Coliseum and things like that, it really is so helpful. And I've used them myself, you know, just following along with people. And I always save like certain posts, like on Instagram, you know how you can save those. So I save those if someone has a helpful tip and that's been really helpful to me as well. So I think you guys are doing a good job with that. Thank you. (laughs) And obviously you guys do family trips fairly often. I know that you two, you know, take off and do your own vacations as well. And you obviously have more experience traveling as a family than, you know, your average people or your average families. So this is something I don't, you know, really have much experience in besides a few, you know, camping trips. We weren't, we didn't travel a whole lot when we were kids. Um, I've been on a handful of trips with friends and their families. And I feel like there's always a bit of friction, maybe, you know, not everybody wants to do the same things or, go to the same sightseeing things or do, you know, go to the same restaurants and stuff like that. And I think it's the same with any sort of traveling in a group. So I know people that flat out refuse to go on vacation with their families, even though, you know, they love them and they get along just fine. But there's something about being on a trip with family that doesn't work out well for people. 
So how do you guys navigate this? You guys all seem like you get along really well, but I'm sure there are times when it's like people want to do different stuff. So how do you navigate that? So yeah, definitely. For instance, Kelsey is not a big outdoorsy person, not a hiker. So if we do any of like, like Southern Utah or, you know, where we went to Zion or whatever, that is not on her list. Like she would (laughs) rather just stay home. Um, But what we try to do with each trip is include the kids um, in the planning process. So say we're set on Northern Italy and we approach each kid and we're like, all right, Kels, what what is your must do? What do you want to do while we're here? All right, Gavin, what do you want to do? What do you want to see? What do you want to eat? And then same for um, me and Brian, like, what do we want to do? So we try to include in each trip something that everybody wants to do. That way they are represented. They still have to do what other people want to do. So they're Mm -hmm. still, you know, but it's just the way we've approached it to make everybody kind of feel included in the planning. And we did that even with when Brian was active duty, when we would move to a new base, we would have, we would look up what city we were about to move to and we would have the kids pick out, what do you want to do when we get there? It was something to make them feel a part of the process included, heard, listened to, you know, and then validated, I guess, at the end of the day. And I think too, if people just go into it as well, is that there is no, I guess, perfect trip as far as everything's going to go as planned. So if you just go with an adventure, if something goes wrong, just roll with it. I think people get too caught up and stressed out that something bad happened or someone got sick or, or whatever, just kind of roll with it. And then if your plans change, your plans change, just enjoy being around your family and, and just realize that could be a funny story down the road or a good experience that the kids will remember or you remember for, for forever. And I guess the other thing we, we, we talked about was that I think it starts too is, you know, how we, how we were raised and how we raised our kids. It's that part of being a family is you don't always get what you want. So sometimes you just do things that the family wants to do and you're part of the family. So you go along. And so with that mentality and the kids been raised that way since they were little, they don't sweat the the stuff they don't want to do. They're like, Oh, I really don't want to go, but we'll, we'll see what I can find. Like, Kelsey likes museums, for instance, and I could really care less to walk around an art museum for four hours. But at the same time, you learn some stuff. You see some history. You you may see something that's famous that you, you never had that experience before. So you just got to take the, take the positive and ignore the negative. I think that's a great attitude to have about it. And I, I think that's exactly why families don't get along on vacation is because either, you know, the parents plan the entire thing and they're just doing what they want to do. And, you know, the kids are kind of just getting dragged along. And so it totally makes a difference if you're in on the planning process. And even, you know, I do this on trips that me and Adriana go on. You know, I do some stuff that I want to do. She does some stuff that she wants to do. And even though I'm getting, you know, taken to some stuff that she wants to do, I know later on we'll get to do the thing I want to do. So it doesn't ruffle your feathers as much if you're, you get to do some stuff that you want to do. Um, And like you said, Brian, stuff goes wrong all the time. And if you have a good attitude about it, it makes a world of difference um, because things always go wrong. And you, like you said, people get sick and you get lost and you miss your train and stuff happens that, you know, if you're already unhappy, it's just going to really ruin your day and can ruin basically your entire trip also. For sure. And there, I don't think there is a trip that we've gone on as a family where we hadn't butted head somewhere. I mean, it mm-hmm. happens. Instagram shows you like the pretty pictures and the, the, you know, the, I guess the movie reel, but we all, we all butt heads. We all argue. We all snap at one another. We <laughs> throw little cuss words around here and there, but <laughs> overall it's still like all memories in the making, the good, the bad, the ugly. It's just, it's just part of 
traveling. I don't care if it's just like you and one other person or you and your family Mm -hmm. of six or whatever, it's, it's going to happen. Yep. Yeah. And people have the misconception that it's going to be just a fantastic time. Everyone's going to be in a great mood and smiling and having the best time of their lives. And, you know, the reality is, like you said, on Instagram, it's the highlights of what's happening in your day. And it's not, oh, so-and-so had a fight and we got upset and someone has, you know, bally belly or something, you know, (laughs) that, you know, nobody's showing that. So I think that kind of misconstrues people's conceptions of, oh, we're going to go to Bali and we're going to have the most amazing time and we're going to post Instagram photos and it's just going to be amazing. Oh yeah. You know, the reality is those highlights are 10, 20% of the time. And the rest of the time is trying to get around, figuring out public transportation, trying to read menus and, you know, just, you know, it's a struggle most of the time. (laughs) Sorry. Trying to burn two hours in a Disney line. Right. (laughs) Sleeping on an airport floor. There's a million things. Yeah. So along with that, what do you think are some misconceptions that you two hear from people about traveling as a family? I know, even just people that are traveling solo or traveling as a couple think, you know, it's too expensive. Like we were just talking about, they can't agree on places and activities. Just kind of the things that you maybe hear from families about why they don't travel more or why they can't travel. So, I mean, I think the, t- <laughs> the top two, the number one thing is money. And the two mm-hmm. thing I think is time. I mean, my job is very flexible. I'm able to move hours around and days off and stuff like that. But not every job is that way. But I think it comes down to, overall with time with money and time is making it making it a priority if you really want to travel then you can travel like we save up money to travel you know we could probably have newer cars we probably could have all brand new clothes we probably could go out to eat more often if we wanted to but we prioritize travel so we save money and make time for that to happen so it has to be a deliberate thought process just like you know hey i want to get fit and go to the gym well it's not going to happen miraculously so i think if people did that they could because there's all kinds of ways to save money there's Airline tickets are deals, hotels, um, you can get Sky Miles, for instance, through or hotel points through just using a credit card to pay your bills or when you go out We're and spend money. We're not advocating credit cards. <laughs> but to, you know, to pay your ways to, get, to help make stuff work for you where you don't have to, it's not an excuse, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely think that it's, it's real easy coming from us because our airline's covered. So it's kind of easy to come coming from us to say, Oh, well it's money. Like, well, I think like Bri said, um, when you're making a budget, you put that money, you, you make an effort to put that money towards like a travel fund. So, and that starts off small. I mean, you've heard the go up the coffee a day or give up going out to mm-hmm. eat, but I know folks who are, you know, they would love to travel, but they go and they buy, they keep up with the fashion. So they're buying new wardrobes every season or they got to have the newest, you know, shoes or the newest cars. And we're just not like that. So like Bryce said, we try to put every dime we have for the most part, we try to put towards travel because that's where we want it to go right now. And just because we can't, you can't travel as much as some of the people like either us or other people that you see doesn't mean that taking one or two trips a year isn't going to be an awesome experience, great memories. You, know, you don't have to match the people that you follow necessarily because there's people who travel more than we do. So whatever is best for your family and your budget, you can go places. And that goes back to what James said about even just Instagram being kind of competitive. It can be that way, you know, just for people that are not trying to make money doing it. 
you know, if so-and-so went on three vacations last year, it doesn't mean that you have to. And I've, you know, I know plenty of people that take one vacation a year, one vacation every other year, and that's enough to get you out into the world and doing what you want to do and going on, you know, the vacations that you want to go do. And then you have more time to save too, if you're doing once a year, once every other year. And it just makes it more feasible than just thinking, oh, I have to keep up with the Joneses and go on five vacations a year because so-and-so is doing it. And it's just not realistic for a lot of people. Right. right. For sure. And and sometimes it's not even realistic for the people that are doing it. If you see behind the scenes of those people, right. yeah. um, you know, that are taking out credit cards, to do it for and sure. all kinds of and stuff. So it's not what everybody thinks it is. Absolutely. And we've, we've passed up trips before, you know, if something came up, um, about a year and a half ago or so we were supposed to go to Japan and our dog got sick and it cost a lot of money at the vet and we just didn't have the cash on hand. So we put it off. So we just, I think you just have to like Bryce said, like just be deliberate. So let's talk about influencer culture. We mentioned it a little bit earlier. You know, there's research that says ad budgets from companies and brands and hotels that are going to be working with influencers is going to be, you know, a ridiculous amount as companies move away from the other forms of advertising in the coming years. Of course, there are people who navigate this exceptionally well. And then there are those who I feel like you can tell are in it for the money. We uh, personally are just at the very beginning of reaching out to brands and hotels and have to sit down and set a set of standards and ethics that we're not going to sell our souls to make money or to work with brands or, you know, just to make some quick money because I mean, people are making kind of a ridiculous amount of money posting and working with brands that they probably don't really care about or, you know, are not um, maybe upholding the highest set of ethics and are just doing it because it's a lot of money. So I know that you guys are just starting to work with some hotels. Um, What are some of your qualms with this up and coming influencer industry and how are you going to handle it as you grow and work with hotels and brands yourself? So I think the biggest uh, qualm, I guess, is, you know, are you getting a honest review or honest opinion from that person? You know, especially if, if they were, say, sponsored or something and it's not sponsored. So are, are is what they're saying really true or are they just saying that because someone gave them a free night or a free product or whatever? Um, so that, for me and Jane, we've, we said from the get go that integrity and honesty, you know, that's the, that's the foundation of this, I think in some of those ways, this business. And then if you lose that, it's almost impossible to get it back. And so um, we've worked with a couple of brands and starting to kind of venture out a little bit more. And so far they've all been great, but we've already talked about that. If we got something for, for free or reduced price and it was, it was horrendous or bad, then we're just going to pay the full price mm-hmm. and then not worry about being, you know, bought. And if we want to still write, the, if we need to write the review to pass it on to people, we will, but we're not going to, we just won't take it for free if it's that bad. We'll just pay it and then write the review because we want it to be honest with our people that we're talking to. Otherwise, why would they follow you? Why would they want to listen to what you have to say if you're just going to be bought off? Right. So we, for instance, um, my mom and I stayed in a nice little hotel in Paris back in April. And I have two friends already booked there. I don't know what I would do if I said, hey, you should book at this place knowing good and well that it wasn't going to be a great experience for them. Their first time in Paris. Like I, I just could not do that to myself. Like, um, and I feel like that's where it's where people, you know, could sell their soul. Like, Oh, well I got a free product. So I'll just write what I got to write. I'll say what I got to say. That will never be us. Like we said that from the get go, like 
It doesn't matter what it's going to cost us. We'll be more than willing to pay it to write an honest review and not accept mm-hmm. something for free and just throw a pretty picture up and be like, this is a great hotel. You should come stay here. And then somebody actually do it and have a horrible time. Like, And I think too, I mean, it's just like, there's like no trip is necessarily perfect. If someone is to me writing a review on a hotel or a restaurant and every, and for the most part, all the time, everything is like five star. That's probably not true because something's not all, when you go to a restaurant, the restaurant may be a place I want to go back, but I may have tried an appetizer. I didn't like, Hey, I wouldn't get this, but the entree was phenomenal and the dessert was phenomenal, but I still would go back. I'd still recommend it. So to me, you kind of hopefully tell when people write, if everything is picture perfect Instagram all the time, then probably something's not to me, your spider sense should be going off um, and questioning maybe that, that review if every review is that way. What we were talking about earlier is building an authentic following, which, you know, takes forever. We talked about, you have to be patient, you have to do all the right things, you have to engage with people, you have to post nice pictures. And if you are going to then turn around and shoot yourself in the foot by working with brands and not providing an honest review to people that you just spent hours and months and, you know, a year trying to build and get confidence in, in you that you are looking out for them and giving them the best information. It, like you said, Brian, it's it's really hard to come back from that. And I've watched some people try to do it and it's, it is really hard. So in keeping up with your ethics, you have to, I think have to start it at the very beginning when you're working with hotels and find, is this a good match for the people that are following me? And like you said, James, is it something that I would recommend to a friend and be genuinely happy to recommend it? And I think that is so important for, you know, working with brands and reaching out to hotels and to not just be in it for the money because you can make a lot of money doing it, but you have to do it kind of the right way, right. I think. Yeah, we, I agree. Well, a couple of months ago, we got approached by a bathing suit company. And I'm like, <laughs> there's not a single photo on our page of anybody in a bathing suit. So it made mm-hmm. no sense to partner up with them. It wasn't against anything that, you know, their company but it just didn't make sense. So I also think too, being cautious of who you partner with, like, does that really represent you, whether it be in your travel life or your personal life or whatnot? Cause it, we're not big beach people. Not, I mean, we, we all own a bathing suit, I think, except for Kevin did have to wear <laughs> basketball shorts like last time. But it just doesn't, you know, when you see these people who are like partner, 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 it's just, mm-hmm. you know, I feel like there's a power in saying no, you know, cause I feel like that's staying true to, true to ourselves. I think you have to be selective about it for sure. I have, I had a bathing suit brand reach out to me too. And I was like, Oh, no, thank you. (laughs) Nothing against bathing suits. I love bathing suits and swimming, but it doesn't really, you know, match with what we're doing. So being selective about it is important also. So tell me about some of your upcoming travel plans. You guys always have something exciting coming up. You just did Alaska. If you want to tell me about Alaska, I'd love to hear something else coming up. Yeah. So we did, Brian and I just went, we offered it to the kids, but it was, um, over a short weekend for them and they're, they're both in school and extracurriculars. So they pass on that, which is fine. Um, we don't mind that on some of the smaller trips, but we just did 36 hours to Alaska. Our goal was to see the Northern lights and dog sled and due to weather, we weren't able to see the lights, but we were able to go dog sledding with an amazing company there. And then, um, upcoming, um, Kelsey and I have a mother daughter trip to the Smoky mountains where we're going to be working with Dollywood and a Christmas themed hotel, which I'm super stoked about. And um, 
we got a little surprise up our sleeve there. Um, we were working with another uh, group that I cannot wait to share um, when we get to Gatlinburg. But um, and then after that, our plan for the end of March is Northern Italy. And um, that's plan A. Yeah. And then plan B is like Spain and plan C is China. So we'll oh, see where okay. we end up there. And then April, I have a, a solo trip to Cuba. How fun. Yeah, you guys got some exciting stuff coming up. That'll be good. I'm excited for your Dollywood oh, uh, collaboration. Oh my gosh, I'm, we're so excited. Like, we're so excited. All right. Well, I think that about wraps up all the questions I had for you guys. Um, thank you so much for coming on today. Uh, I appreciate you taking time out of your schedule to record and be here today. Please let know, let people know where they can find you online so they can follow along on all those upcoming trips you have. And then they can understand why I want to be an honorary member of your family. So let people know where they can find well, actually, you. Anytime you want to go, you just give us a good time and place and, and we'll work we'll work it around. We always like going with place with other people as well, not just our family, just to we do. have fun and share experiences. So anytime you want to go somewhere, let us know. Or you're somewhere. Yeah, say, or you're hey, somewhere and we'll, we'll, we'll fly out and come hey, see show you. show up. Be there. Oh, that would be fun. That would be really fun. You'll be like, hey, I'm here. You want to show up? And we'll like, the next day we're right there. Exactly. <laughs> we'll go dine together. You guys always oh, have yeah. Yeah. also. First place you fix <laughs> yeah. anytime we go somewhere is the four dessert places you're going to eat each day. That's right up my alley. <laughs> we're on uh, Instagram, Pinterest, and uh, TripAdvisor is Time Zone Travelers. And then our blog is uh, com. Okay, wonderful. So don't forget, you guys, um, that you can find this episode in its entirety with the Time Zone Travelers on our website. I read up a full um, you know, blog post for every episode, so you'll find the links to their website and their social medias on there. You'll see a picture of their faces on there. And um, so you can find that there. And if you're wondering where we've been on regular weekly episodes, I'm just catching up on some past episodes on our website. And it's just taking a little longer than expected. Um, So if you're listening and want some more information on any and all past episodes, you can find them on our website at theramblinggals.com. And we will be back with bi-weekly episodes of the Rambling Gals podcast here in March. And until then, you can join us on our Instagram. And I do a weekly um, Whiskey Wednesday where I answer all your travel questions. And you can send me, you know, if you're having trouble with the destination or need packing uh, tips, you can send them to me there and I will answer them for you. So thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Rambling Gals podcast. You can always head to our website, theramblinggals.com for more travel resources and our archive of podcast episodes. If this podcast was right up your alley, we would love to receive a review from you. And please don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode from us. See you on the next one.